Welcome to a brand new episode of Views of the Next Podcast, and I'm your host, Lama. I want to thank you all for tuning in, as each and every Thursday, a new episode will be released. So far, we are two episodes in, and this experience has been amazing. In last week's show, featuring rapper Trey Pizzy and his longtime friend Mills, the responses to the episode was both negative and positive, but I think overall people enjoyed the story, and they got something out of it. Episode 3 features Lauren Winfrey, who tells her story about an ex who was both mentally and physically abusive. Preparing for this episode, I'm not gonna lie, I was a bit nervous, because not only did I not know Lauren, and this is my first time speaking to her, but she's a TV reporter, and she does this for a living. So I knew interviewing her, I had to focus and bring my A-game. Now Lauren and I were introduced to each other through a mutual friend weeks prior, and initially I thought she was from New York. But when I found out she lived in Milwaukee, it threw me off a bit because I'm like, damn, how am I interview her? So I had to do a little research and I found out that Skype was the best way to interview people that live in different places. So yes, this interview is a Skype call and it turned out great. But I'm not going to talk your head off too much. Um, if you like this episode, please comment on IG at Views of NX or send them to viewsofnx at gmail.com. Keep liking, reposting, and please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I need that. Enjoy and see y'all next week. All right, so welcome, Lauren. Thanks for being on Views of the Next podcast. Thank you um, for having me. I'm so welcome. excited. You're welcome. <laughs> but thanks, special thanks to Charlie because she set this thing up. If it wasn't yes. for her introducing us, this wouldn't be happening. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's wonderful. Uh, before we start, I have to tell you that every ex on this show is anonymous, and I ask you um, to give your ex a name. The name you chose is LDE. Yes. Now, when I looked at that, I was trying to figure out what that meant and the, the, the letters. I'm like, is it this? Is it that? So I want to ask you, what does LD mean stand for? Um, I think that one should Google it. Maybe Urban Dictionary it. I'm about to do it right now. <laughs> it's right. the opposite of BDE, if you know what that means. The opposite of BDE. Oh, yes. I, wow. <laughs> for the listeners that don't know just google it it's little penis energy so <laughs> wow all right um tell us a little bit about yourself okay so i am 29 i will be 30 in december which is crazy i currently live in milwaukee wisconsin i'm a television news reporter here television journalist i work in the morning so i work like 3.30 to noon, which is a crazy schedule. Mm-hmm. I just got engaged a couple of weeks ago. I'm also expecting. So there's just a lot going on in my life. But I'm from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised there. Um, mm-hmm. I went to the University of Michigan for undergrad. And then I went to Syracuse University. And that's where I met Charlie. And um, after Syracuse, I started my journalism career in Madison, Wisconsin. And now I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um 
I've been here almost three years. And so my contract ends in November. Mm-hmm. And after that, I will be moving. And we're in a season of transition because we're trying to figure out where we're moving. We think Chicago, that's like our number one choice. I love choice, Chicago. So I lived there we'll for what, two and a half years? I love it. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great city. I always visit it when I was younger. My family and I took trips there all the time. Yeah. So I've always loved Chicago, too. Yeah, the food is so good. I seen that you posted a deep dish pizza. I was like, oh, yes. so, I want one so bad. <laughs> it was so good. Um, yes. That's a lot. That's a lot. So when your contract is done, I want to understand that a little bit. You okay. go to a different uh, news company or? or yeah. Uh, so so typically when your contract ends at a station, and some people break their contracts if you decide to leave early, if you get a an opportunity somewhere else, you might leave your contract or you might leave your station earlier than mm-hmm. the date on your contract. But I'm leaving in November. That's when my contract ends. And I was asked to renew and I chose not to um, because I, I, I believe that when a situation is no longer feeding you or where you feel as if you can no longer grow, then it's time to move to leave, forward. Yeah. yeah. So that's just where I'm at with things. And then also when I realized that the maternity leave they offer is only four weeks. Four <laughs> I was weeks? like, I don't know. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Four weeks. Exactly. So um, I actually decided and I, I have an agent who works with me in finding new jobs. And so he was in the in that process. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a conversation with him. And I was like, you know what? I want to take some time off. Um, I want to take some time off and I want to be a mom because I have no idea what this journey is going to look like. Um, right. But I also know childcare is expensive as hell. So I feel like the best thing for me and my fiance, Michael, mm-hmm. is to just take some time off. I can just immerse myself in being a mom and then get back into the news industry. Um, I said after about a year, it might be sooner than that, but I definitely want to just give myself some time to fully experience this process. That's good. Yeah. New York, they give you 10 weeks, but four weeks, that's nothing. I know. Four weeks. It's it's laughable. It's like I couldn't even imagine leaving a four week old child in the hands of someone. Like I just I can't. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. No. So take me back to your relationship with LDE. What was okay. that like? How did you first meet? <laughs> and we'll go back to how you first met. Okay. So we met. I think I called it a listening party, but I I think technically it was like a talent showcase of local artists in Detroit because mm-hmm. I was living in Detroit after at the time. This was before going to grad school. All right. Um, and so I was there because my god brother invited me. My other god brother, he was performing. He's a rapper. Mm-hmm. And then LDE, he was there because he had a friend who was performing. And so I was there with one of my girlfriends, and um, we both kind of noticed him. All right. He was an attractive guy, but it was also like for me, I wasn't really pressed or whatever. And then he kept coming up to us and making small talk. And it was like, okay, cool. But we're just trying to enjoy ourselves and and enjoy each other, me and my girlfriend. And so then he sat down and we were talking to him for a little bit and that was fine. And he got up to go to the restroom. And then I think we were about to leave, but, but when he was coming out of the restroom and before we left, I saw him again Mm -hmm. and he wrote his name and number down on a piece of paper. The old school way. <laughs> right. Very old school. And I just thought that that was so charming. And yeah. so like he like casually slid it to me like on the low, whatever. And so um, after that, 
I don't know when, but eventually I text him and then we started communicating. So that's how we met. And then um, it was just kind of like a whirlwind of a relationship. And we spent a lot of time together. And um, I started noticing things here and there. Mm -hmm. And there were some red flags. But I think that more than anything, I was just interested in learning him. And I was also still pretty young. I was like 24. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I was just, and it was like exciting. He was exciting. He was a little older. He was about maybe six years older than me. Oh, and so it was like, so he's experienced. Yeah. He was more experienced. Yeah, exactly. So All he's right. experienced. And so it was just exciting, right? Yeah. The whole thing. Um, but then it quickly turned toxic. Wait, so, so go back. What were some of the red flags <laughs> that you noticed? Um, oh gosh, let's see. So I think early on, I realized that um, I think there was just an issue with consistency sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think we all know what it's like when you get that gut feeling that someone's moving differently or like you usually call me or text me at this time, but now you don't. And so yeah. I think consistency was an issue. And then um I wouldn't say that I I realized this early on, but drinking and drugs were also a factor. And I don't think I really paid attention to it until later throughout the relationship. But it was, but I mean, it was definitely like there, you know what I mean? Like it was, it it was, it was there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I think those were like the biggest things initially. Wow. Yeah. So he would come in like drunk or hi how would you handle that like well we didn't live together or anything like that i was still living with my parents at the time Mm -hmm. but so he worked at a casino and so he worked weird hours kind of he worked kind of i don't i guess it would be like a night shift all right um and so he would work late hours already Mm -hmm. and so i think just after that um you know, because if you're working weekends or whatever, you can't go out when everybody else goes out. So right. you're going like to that after after party type thing. So the after spots. And I think that's when he would engage in it the most. You know what I mean? Because like smoking, that doesn't really bother me. But yeah, the hard when, drugs. The hard, yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah, when it's like, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, I just wasn't used to that yeah, at yeah. all. Like I'm, at all. I never dated somebody that did hard drugs, but I, I heard stories and it's like, yeah, and it's not like meth or anything like that, but just like the, the, the pills or stuff like, yeah. like, like uh, Molly's and stuff like that. Yes. And, yeah. and one thing is he was very dependent on Adderall and like, I know people t- would take Adderall in college to like yeah, stay yeah, up they, if you're yeah, cramming for a test, yeah. but when you're doing it every day and that's not something that's prescribed that's to you, like but Steve. you have a friend yeah. who's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So it was like stuff like that. That was like, oh, I don't know how normal this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's different. Um, so overall, the relationship, how was that? Like you guys being together, it was like a year, you said? Yeah. So it started off great. Like it was great. And everybody thought he was great. Like my friends, um, he eventually met my parents and everyone was under the impression that he was a great person. But mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things about abusers. Like they will manipulate. Um, right? yeah, yeah, they will <laughs> manipulate and they will like, uh, I mean, everybody puts their best foot forward, but they'll do it in a way where it's like they have everybody under 
their charm, right? And so mm. everybody's like, oh, this great guy. So if you start to tell them like, oh, he did this, people don't really believe it because it's like, no, not him, no way. So he was so charming and so kind. And so um, it was just nice. Like we would do really sweet things. Like I remember one time we woke up really early just to watch the sunrise because that's something that I wanted to do. And so that was just like mm. a very sweet thing. So there were a lot of sweet things done in the beginning, but those sweet things weren't eventually fell off. Yeah, it's um, the honeymoon stage. <laughs> right, right, right. The honeymoon stage. Yeah. So there were like a lot of sweet things done in the beginning and um, there were definitely sweet moments. But overall, I would have to describe the relationship as toxic because it became toxic really quickly. And it was like we would break up off and on and then there would be and like during our quote unquote breaks, which might be just a couple of days, there would be other women who enter into the picture and wow. um well, I remember one time he sent me a video of him having sex with someone else. Like it was like just Wait, crazy. What? Wait, yes. just randomly sent it to you? Well, or? it was like, cause obviously we weren't in a good space. So it's yeah. like to get back at me oh, or to prove nah. that like, yeah. So and you stayed, just, you still stay with him? At well, point? I went back. Yeah, I went back. Ooh. And then one time, the first time that things became physical, um, I remember leaving and I remember being like, I'm done with this situation because again, this is nothing I've ever experienced in my life before. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember that. So after that, like we broke up and I remember that I think his ex was in town. And so he had been hanging out with her and, um, they got into a fight. And so when he gets into arguments, they become physical so he basically did some of the things to her that he did to me, but she called the police. And so he was, and I remember, I think I was trying to get in touch with him or something. I don't know if I left something at his house. I don't remember what happened, mm -hmm. but I remember that I hadn't heard from him. And I remember telling one of my girlfriends at the time, like, I wonder if he's in jail. And I don't know what made <laughs> me think that, but he was. And when I called, the officer was very forthcoming with information. He was like, oh yeah, he's charged with, strangulation what? and um something like disrupting the peace or whatever i don't know something like that and so so basically he and his ex who he had brought back into the picture they were kicking it got into an, a physical altercation he choked her mm -hmm. which is what he had done to me too and she called the police and so um i remember i think he eventually reached out to me and he said something about like he was gonna commit suicide or something like that. And so obviously, like, I, I still care about this person. So I'm concerned. And so I go back over, like I go over to his place and then I comfort him and da da da. And so then it's like, now we're back into this yeah, it's like a cycle. routine. Yeah, yeah. You, you get like sucked back into the cycle. And I don't know how serious he was about committing suicide. But obviously, he was in this tough place in his life. But also, a situation that he had brought upon himself. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then soon after that, I went to Syracuse. I left for school, but like mm -hmm. we continued our relationship long distance and he had other women, like he was messing with other women throughout yeah. me being away. Why haven't so. you got uh, the police involved? I don't know, but I, I, um, I've talked to some other women and I think one of the, one of the biggest things about black women is in particular is like, we love to protect our men. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And so I think it was just one of those. And it's not like I was conscious of it. Like, I'm going to protect him. It was just Mm -hmm. one of those things that I knew that if I called the police, like it would be a wrap. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I think I also didn't want to, I didn't want to accept that, like, I am in a crazy situation, you know? So I always try to just like keep it as low as possible or maybe share with one person part of what was going on, but not everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then also if you go back to that person, then you end up, you just look crazy. You know what I mean? So you're worried about your image and you know that like, this is not how you were brought up. Like this is not what you're used to seeing in relationships. And you know, like this is not what love looks like. But I think a part of me, I've also struggled with codependency and wanting to feel needed. Mm -hmm. And I wanted someone to depend on me and I wanted to love them into a better person almost. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that brought you back every time. Like it wasn't his manipulation or it was just the fact that he was just in the picture at that time. It was part manipulation and it was part like, I don't know. Like I, I think that also when you're dealing with someone who also is, has other women like, that he's messing with too, you kind of want to prove that like you're all you, yeah. that person needs in a sense. Um, it's crazy. Like, I don't know. It's a complete mind fuck. Yeah. I don't know. And being I don't that know you how to young, explain. Yeah. What was your um, previous experience like with, with your, your, you had other exes, right? Or yeah. I, like I dated. So I would say I had a, like a college boyfriend and a high school boyfriend. My college, my high school boyfriend was like, uh, saint. he's just sweet. He was very <laughs> nice. Um, my college boyfriend, he was, I would say more like verbal. He mm-hmm. could be verbally abusive, but again, it was nothing ever um, physical. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, like my friends and I would probably um, categorize him as a trash individual. But yeah. like, uh, I think that this this relationship with LD was the most tumultuous and the yeah. most toxic. Yeah. Um, what did you both have in common? Like, I know you guys were, were different in probably like lifestyles and everything like that. He's much older. What was the things you had both had in common? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were both living in Detroit at the time. So mm-hmm. we both really had uh, an affinity for Detroit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like I know that he grew up, Catholic, but he wasn't like necessarily a church church goer, and mm-hmm. um, he didn't really have a faith life. So I can't really say that we had that in common. Um, I don't really know. To be honest him. with you, was you just attracted <laughs> to him, and that, and because he was yeah, I think I was just attracted to him, so and he really was charming. Know him, know him, and, I guess. Yeah, it was. Ooh. It was. I will say that. Yeah, it was kind of surface and then like the things that i would find out it's like alarming like what (laughs) yeah so um yeah where were you at in your career at this point so i was like an aspiring journalist and and that Mm -hmm. was one of the things i told him i because i hadn't gotten accepted to syracuse when i met him but the acceptance letters were like coming out in the weeks to come and i think that was one of the first things that i said to him like when we were conversing Mm -hmm. and um I said, uh, like, I just applied for grad school at Syracuse, and if I get it, I'm going to go. Like, nothing was ever going to stop me from, like, 
reaching my goals, you know? And so, um, and I praise God for that because it's so easy to get caught up in situations like this and just completely lose yourself or that person doesn't want you to leave. So you put your dreams on the back burner and it's like, oh, well, I guess I can find a school here or, or whatever the case may be. But I was never like that. And so it was one of those situations where it's like, dang, well, that would be really sad if you did end up leaving. Because, again, like things were great. We were enjoying each other mm-hmm. in the very beginning. Um, and so then I obviously I got the letter that I that I was going that I got accepted to Syracuse. So I was like very much so at the beginning of this journey into journalism. Gotcha. Did you have a job before that? I was working for the city of Detroit. So it was a job completely unrelated to what I wanted to do. I was just like a secretary answering phone calls. And I don't want to say just like a secretary, but I was like an administrative assistant and I was um, answering phone calls and dealing with people who would come into the office and need certain things and like putting them in, in the, in the right direction. So I did that for about a year after mm-hmm. undergrad. Now being that you went through so much trauma with, with LDE, how did it, um, were you still able to work and, and deal with others to what was what was happening in your life yeah i was still able to work although there was a situation where he was calling my job at one point and harassing me but um right (laughs) but i was still able to work and i was still able to like i don't know it was just one of those situations where it's like you press through it i don't um i didn't know anything uh, other to do but to keep going and then you're also trying to save face because like i said i'm living with my parents at the time so i don't want to let them know what's going on so i try to keep things as normal as possible at least like outwardly but yeah there was a lot that i was like dealing with internally that's that's a hard thing to do because to come to work and smile and knowing that yeah that's that's a hard thing um my other question is which is i had to write this down before i got on the phone with you (laughs) both your fiance and and lde are white Mm -hmm. have you always dated outside your race no, I haven't. <laughs> All right. But I think some people who I will say, okay, I'll say this. As an adult mm-hmm. in my adult life, I have, yes. but not like purposely, not like I'm seeking out white men. White men <laughs> date me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's never yeah. been like that. Um, but I I do think that living in Wisconsin, like my pool has been a little Yeah. It looks different. Yeah. Um, but all my life, like growing up, I've always dated black men. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would say <laughs> when I was in preschool, I went to a Jewish school, so I had a Jewish boyfriend back then, but <laughs> I, it was, I was always surrounded by, like, I had a very diverse upbringing in terms of, I always lived in Detroit, Yeah. but like, I always went to school in the suburbs except for one school and it was a Quaker school in Detroit. So it was still very diverse. So mm-hmm. I've always been exposed to different cultures and I've always felt comfortable Um, but, but I will say, I think that that was one of the things about LDE. I felt like he had, um, like a fetish for black women, but I don't know that he necessarily like appreciated blackness, but it was like, you know what I mean? So it's like this affinity for a black woman, but you don't necessarily, it's, it's so surface, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't know what that means or the history mm-hmm. behind it or so i think i think that that was one thing about him so no i haven't always dated outside of my race but um i will say as an adult i've probably dated more mm-hmm. out of my race than ever before and no. he was like yeah. the first white guy that i, I really? was like in a relationship with yeah. what was that like like 
introducing him to your parents, your friends? What was that like? Um, I don't know. I don't. I think that my dad struggled with it initially, mm-hmm. um, and even with my fiance, I think that he struggled. He struggled with it. Um, but I think that for me, it's always been um, character over color, and yeah. so. You could be blue, but if you are, and this is for me, but if you are a man of God who loves me and loves your family and you are what I've prayed for, then right. you know what I mean? I'm not going to cast you aside because you aren't um, a black man. And plus, I feel like so often um, black women, we wait around for black men to choose us or mm-hmm. we feel an obligation to choose them when Oftentimes I feel like they're so quick to choose someone else or to choose um, someone who is like, uh, how do I say this? Someone who may like look kind of black or might be like half black or like a fourth black, you know what I mean? And so I just feel like um, black men are are often quick to do that, um, that it's not like I feel this obligation to necessarily wait around and again um i'm just led by as an adult now mm-hmm. in in my faith life now i'm just so led by christ that i really i don't have time to to care what other people might think or what their opinions may be of that's good yeah. who i date that's important yeah definitely all right now at what point did you realize it was time to leave lde <laughs> um Let's see. When did a lot has happened and right. kept going back, he kept going <laughs> so, back. So it was like, what was so the breaking point? So much has happened. <laughs> um, he even actually came up to Syracuse and we, and it was great. And then we ended up getting into an argument. Oh and that was one, one thing. It was like, if he drank too much or he was under the influence of something, like something I said could change so quickly from being like an innocent comment or something that was meant to be a joke into something that like he perceived as negative. And then it would just be like, Wow. Downhill from there. But anyways, um, I would say that the last time we were supposed to go to this concert, but we didn't end up going. I think we were really late and it was like crazy traffic. So we ended up meeting up with my one of my girlfriends and her now fiance, who is going to be her husband in like a week. They're getting married. Wow. Um Yes. Yeah, so we were hanging out with them and then um I think that he was just I don't I don't know what was wrong or but he eventually became annoyed and so I remember that on the way home we were arguing and it got so bad that he tried to put me out of the car and it's like yo what you're not going to do is put me out of the car. <laughs> So then he like pulled over in some neighborhood and we were like arguing and then he got out of the car and then I like tried to chase after him. And then it was just like a whole thing. And (laughs) then um, his and then I tried to uh, I called my god brother to ask him to to pick me up eventually. I don't know at what point I did this, but I was trying to get back into his car and the car alarm kept going off. So I think the neighbors called the police and then the police came. And then he was like, he was basically, again, it was, it was one, and this was the perfect situation where I could have been like, yo, he's done X, Y, and Z, like, yeah. and I want to press charges, but I didn't. And he was like, okay, well, if you're not going to tell me what's going on here, 
then I'm going to have to remove one of you from the situation. So he asked whose car it was and it was his car. So, um, he was like, well, is your god brother on his way type thing? And I was like, he is. But, and so like, I'm calling him to like, see where he is. And so anyways, I end up riding in the back of this police car. I wasn't like, <laughs> I wasn't in handcuffs or anything, but it was just a crazy experience. And then my god brother picked me up from the um, police department. And so it was after that situation that I was just like, yo, I can't do this anymore. Was like, it a I cannot. from your god brother or, or was it just you saying like, this is it? It was a little bit of both, but I will say um, he would, he was always there. Like I could call him in any crazy situation and he's not really asking a ton of questions or being judgmental. He's just like, yo, I got you. Like, do I want you to leave this person alone? Absolutely. But I got you type thing. And so um, I think it was just also just sinking in like this is this is not a situation that can be fixed or that is going to get better because also after so much hurt um both verbally and physically that's like what can you like you can't really repair that relationship because like all the respect is gone the trust respect all of that yeah yeah Yeah. videos being sent that's crazy exactly crazy so at um how did you feel after the relationship was officially done Um, I don't know. I can't remember to be quite honest with you. I think part relief also Mm kind of sad because it's like, dang. It's like you're used to it. You're used to it. Yeah, you're used to it. But then you also think of the the good things about that person. And I think that's also how women end up, I mean, for many reasons, but how women end up staying in abusive relationships. You think of the good things about that person and you think of like, their hurt and their brokenness because you realize like it's not so much so that I am broken but there may be things about me that like I definitely need to work on but this is a broken person Mm -hmm. and so you almost feel like obligated or this desire to want to help them fix their brokenness and you kind of put whatever you're dealing with aside and so I think that I was um sad but also relieved Mm -hmm. and then one of the things that I think is very healthy is like, especially if it it's, was a toxic relationship, like you just have to like do a clean sweep of that person. So like delete their number, block them, yeah. block them on social media. And so that makes that transition a little easier. Yeah. It was definitely tough, but um, I was also finishing grad school. And so we do a capstone in DC. So I was like in DC. So it was like I still had my life going for me. And so that helped distract me from, I don't know, the idea of missing him or something like that. I forgot you was in school at the same time. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> tough. <laughs> like you're getting your degree and you're going through this. Wow. I know. Yeah. What was your um, healing process like? So you kept busy. I know you kept busy with school, but what else did you do to um, heal from the situation? I think that... Um, what did I do? I don't, I don't know. You're right. I kept busy with school. Um, I think maybe six months or to a year later, I was in another relationship Mm -hmm. and I felt like that relationship was very much so a rebound relationship. Um, a lot of people say they don't work and I feel like it's kind of true. Yeah. And it didn't work. And I don't think that it was ever supposed to work, but he Mm -hmm. was a really nice person. That's actually the 
I ended up running into. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I didn't want to have awkward conversations. So I wasn't trying to speak to him regardless. But he was actually a really nice person. Um, and I also think I also think what helped was that I moved to Madison. So I was no longer in Detroit. And mm-hmm. so I no longer had to, like, think about, like, well, what if I run into him or yeah what if like that wasn't a concern for me although i will say they i ended the relationship right mm-hmm. no okay so i just thought about this so the relationship ended right yes but then he ended up reaching back out to me and it was around the time of my birthday Wait, but how he was already blocked he's his numbers blocked everything how did he do that i don't know Maybe I unblocked him on my phone. I can't remember. But I know it wasn't on social media. I know that. Yeah. So I really can't remember how he ended up getting back in touch with me. Maybe it was email. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But so this other guy, we weren't in a relationship. We actually weren't in a relationship for a while, but we were like talking. We were kicking it. Right. Yeah. So it was around the time of my birthday and the other guy he lived in Chicago at the time. He was in school. I lived in Madison and he wanted to come celebrate my birthday in Madison. Great. Mm-hmm. But LDE also obviously knew it was the, around the time of my birthday. So he was going to come from Detroit to Madison. And so I was like, no, that's not a good idea. And he ended up getting upset. Like there must be someone else and da, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I think that I I was connected with one of his friends or a couple of his friends on social media and right. they had told him that I was seeing someone else or something like that. But okay, this gets really crazy. So <laughs> there was like a, a pic, you know, like you send your man a picture yeah, yeah, and it wasn't like a nude picture. It was like scantily clad. And this was like a while ago right? that I had sent this picture to him. So he decides, and at this point I am a journalist on television in Madison, Wisconsin. He decides to post that picture to my station's Facebook. Thank God people can't post to the Facebook page without approval. But one of the producers saw it and they're like, like, and got in touch with me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like crying. And this was a little bit after my birthday because my birthday is on the 19th of December. And so like six days before Christmas. So my family was in town at this point. I'm like on the phone trying to get him to take the picture down. I'm like calling people, messaging people. Wait, at one it's, point it's I called on Facebook. But it's, yes, but don't... it's like not on the page, but it's like in the, it's like if you have the authentication from like the station, you can see it because yeah. you can see all the posts before they go public. You know oh, what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't public on the page yet, but right. people I worked with could see it. So I'm like begging oh, him to take man. it down. At one point I call his mom like crazy. So then um, it, it, it eventually gets taken down. I don't even remember what happened, but it eventually gets taken down. And I was like, here's what we're like. You can do a lot of things to me, but when it comes to my parents right. or my money, we have a problem. And now my fiance and my soon to be baby. <laughs> but yeah. at the time it was like, if you come for my parents or my money, we have a problem. So I got in touch with his employer. I ended up talking to like the head of their, he handles like their security and not like, um, like he handles 
I don't really know how to describe what he does. But anyways, I talked to this man. He's like a former Detroit police uh, police officer. And then he started working for this company. And so he handles like, I don't know if it's necessarily HR, but it's just like, I don't really know his job title. But I ended right. up getting in touch with him. I sent him text messages. I sent him like emails, everything. Yeah. And... Um, I couldn't really, and, and I ended up having a conversation with my news director about what happened. Cause I was like, I don't know if you saw the picture, but I just want to let you know what's going on. Yeah. And, um, I mean, more than, I mean, every people just felt bad for me, you know? And there was talk about getting a restraining order, but it's like, I live all the way in Madison, Wisconsin. He's in Detroit, Michigan. Right. I mean, how can I really get a restraining order? Because at this point, everything is like in the digital sphere that he's doing like that in, in the ways that he's trying to hurt me. But anyways, um, I know that he like it got reported. I know they had a conversation with him. I know like it became this big thing. And I don't know if he got fired as a result of that. But I know that he eventually was let go um, from that company. And that was never my intent. But I had to protect myself. And I knew that like for him at this point, it was like all bets were off. And he was just in this ruthless mode. And again, when you're under the influence of certain things, depending on how the wind blows, you might be feeling away. Like I can't, I, I can't predict what you're going to do next. And I have to protect myself and I have to protect my position and my reputation as a journalist. And like that meant more to me than anything. So after that incident, like have never talked to him again, don't ever plan on talking to him again. But, um, and, and after the, um, police incident, I never saw him again, but we did, I just, I mean, this conversation jogged my memory. We did have conversations, but after that situation of him posting the picture, it was done. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's wild. So when you yeah. do visit Detroit, does it ever cross your mind? You may bump into him and stuff like that? I think it used to, but now it's like, I'm so far past it. I don't even think about it. I don't even think about him or the possibility of running into him. And I mean, he may have moved. I don't like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I just, it, yeah, it never really crosses my mind anymore. Gotcha. Now, your, your new relationship with your fiancé, y'all look so happy. Like, I, <laughs> I, I go on your page and I see the stories. I'm like, oh, man, they're doing this. They're doing that. That's like relationship goals for real. Um, I've seen, to, well, this is going to be posted later, but I've seen in your IG story that you posted a list of qualities that you wanted in a husband. Yeah. And it was written in 2017. Yeah. Now, does your current fiancé fulfill most if not all those qualities he actually fulfills all of them all of um them? all of them it's it's crazy um and actually i found that list because i was uh looking for a piece of paper mm-hmm. to write a to-do list today and i just write down everything mm-hmm. um i do think like there are some things like i think that communication like i sometimes i always say like i want somebody who communicates well and then like sometimes i struggle with communication but um, I In will say way? that because um, it could be a ton. It could be tons of ways that you could struggle with, uh, with communication. Like you don't right. open up, th- or you I wait think, to say things. Yeah, I think like sometimes I wait to say things. Mm-hmm. 
I think that sometimes I am better at written com- uh, communication Text, as opposed yeah. to verbal. Yeah. Um, and I think that because growing up, I've always just written things. Like I, I had a journal. I had a little diary. Like mm-hmm. I always wrote things. That was always therapeutic for me. Well, you're a journalist, um, so <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I, I just, I like to write. Yeah. But I think sometimes um, that's something that we both need to, to, to work on. But when we do communicate mm-hmm. and we do allow ourselves to share, it's, it is effective and it's great and it's helpful for our relationship. But yeah, I would say that he meets all of the, uh, everything that I wrote down and even beyond this list, I would say, and you wrote like these he checks yourself, off bosses. Right? Mm-hmm. I wrote right, these down I myself. Like Literally. Thing. I typed it up because my handwriting is so sloppy, <laughs> but then I posted a picture of like the All actual right. what I wrote down. Um, but I'm yeah, put so this in my story because yeah, so September twelfth of twenty seventeen, I wrote this down, and this is after like I was talking to this. I remember, I remember this moment that I really got serious about like asking God. I I I didn't ask God for a husband. I asked God to prepare me to be a wife. Like I remember that saying that prayer, mm-hmm. praying that. And I remember that I was um, talking to this guy and he was, he was black. He was, um, I actually went to college with him. He was two years older than me. He was friends with my brother. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow we like ran into each other and we were kicking in and we were talking. It was one of those situations where it was like, yo, I remember telling Charlie, like, he is so great. And like, I could really see this working out and blah, blah, blah. But um, it didn't. Mm-hmm. And... I remember I was really hurt because I never really understood. It never really was explained to me why, why he kind of fell off and Mm -hmm. why he went ghost. And there was a time when he went ghost and then came back into my life apologizing, but then did the same thing again. And so I I didn't understand it. But after that, I was like, yo, I don't want to date anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. Like I just want to spend time to myself. And um, at that point I was 27 years old and I remember just listening listening to sermons about being single. And I just mm-hmm. remember like really delving deep into my word and like spending time just getting to with know God. Yourself. Yeah, that's, getting to know myself with God time. and really like cleansing myself of that relationship. Because although I was in a relationship after that, I know that it was like a very rebound relationship. Like looking back on it, it was a very rebound relationship. So I needed this period to just like be like, yo, yeah, I need this time to myself and I um and it was so beneficial because I spent time writing down things I spent time manifesting things and you don't know like when it's gonna happen and I remember last year when my mom and so at last year I was like back into like oh I'm gonna start dating again and I and that's when I was like on hinge and I was talking to this other guy too he I, I was, was on there too I think that's one of the best apps <laughs> <laughs> I do too I think it's great I yeah. think the app is great I'm an encourager of Hinge. I promote yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I was talking to this older guy and he was very nice and it was nothing like serious, but it was just like, we're hanging out, whatever. Um, he was like 54. Every time I tell Michael that, he's like disgusted. But anyways. 54? Yeah. That's a sugar daddy, no? You don't want that. Oh, man. So, so anyway, I was, my mom called me. I remember I was on my way to church and she was like, Lauren, God spoke to me and he said something. I was like, what? And she was like, I don't want to tell you because I don't want you to get whatever. And I was like, what? What What did God tell you? And she was like, he told me that your husband is coming. And I was like, mom, girl, bye. Like, I don't, 
okay, girl. Like it was one of those right. situations. Like I very much so brushed it off. And then I can't remember when that was, but I know it was cold outside. So maybe it was like October. Mm-hmm. And then I literally met Michael. We connected on Hinge in November. And it was so crazy because at first I was not about to like connect with him because I'm being very honest. Yeah, I know. So, I, I already know where this is going. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, uh-huh. I always had a height preference. Yeah. And like my oh, height I thought it was preference. going to the race, but all right. No, no, height no. Preference. All right. No, that didn't bother me. All right. It was the height because I always had a height preference and my height preference was like 6'4 or taller. 6'4? Yeah. Not even 6'8? Yeah. So it, oh, no, it was like, you, you got to be 6'4. Like that was my thing. And I let that go like as I got older. Wait, how tall are you? How tall are you? I'm, so I measure at 5'3 and a quarter. And you want 6'4? <laughs> You five but most, people, but most people think I'm taller. I present taller. I thought you were taller. I don't know. I think that. it's because yeah. I have long limbs. So a lot of people right. assume that I'm taller. But like when I go to the uh, doctor on a good day, they'll say <laughs> five four. But the, my last appointment, they said five three and a quarter. So whatever. Um. So yeah. So and that's why I, I made that post. Like I used to talk about what I wanted physically in a guy, mm-hmm. and it always was like he had to be tall. Like the, I just wanted that. Yeah. But. Um, I think that during that period when I was 27 and I just like really started and actually it's so crazy because the older I got, like I started dating guys who were like, not that tall, even like the guy that I was like, Oh my gosh, I think this is going to work out. He wasn't that tall. The LDE, he wasn't that tall. Um, so anyways, but I'm so glad that I put that aside and started focusing on the things that really matter because when I when I really sat down and thought about it, I was like, yo, every guy that I dated that was super tall, it's really he's really not been shit anyway. Like, why is that even something that I care about? Because <laughs> it's not like I've found. And don't get me wrong. I know that there are, are tall quality guys out there, but I just never yeah. had the, the luxury of, of dating them. And that's OK. And so I, I think that um, that's one of the biggest things, though. Like, I just I grew so much and I matured and my thinking shifted and um i think also one of the biggest things with michael and just like getting older and knowing what i wanted i wanted a god-fearing man because that's just so important to me and who i am and i know that that's not the case for everybody and that's okay but my faith matters to me so much and i want to share in that experience with someone else so Mm -hmm. instead of just having girlfriends that i can call up and pray with it's so important to me that i can also pray with my man and like we can go to church together and like this is a part of who we are and this isn't something that i've had to um to, to, to i don't know force not or, force on someone yeah. but like encourage like strongly encourage like yo you should really go to church or like send in somebody's sermons and they're like oh, yeah. okay i'll yeah. listen to it and they never do so that's just that was really important to me and that was why it was one of the number one things that i wrote down like i wanted a god-fearing man and also because that's who my dad is. And so I admire him so much too. And it's crazy because Mike is so much like my dad in so many ways. And I never, I never was like, God, I want a man just like my dad. Like I never thought like Mm -hmm. that, but a lot of women do, but yeah. And I, I never thought like that. Like I've always thought my dad is an amazing man, but I never was like, this is, I want to marry a man just like my dad. But when I think of the character or the, um, Mike's characteristics and his character, and I and I think of my dad's like it's so similar. It's crazy, yeah. and my mom says it too. That's good. 
Y'all yeah. look happy. I was like, man, I'm jealous. <laughs> we are happy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, from your past relationship, what's the biggest lesson learned? Um, I think the biggest lesson I learned was my self-worth. Like, I spent a lot of time trying to... Um, trying to just... I let me think of how to how to say this. I spent a lot of time not really believing that I was like great or capable of greatness. Mm -hmm. Like I knew that I had dreams and goals for myself, but I never was like bigging myself up and I never had this crazy amount of confidence. But I think after somebody puts you down for so long and somebody um, literally tries to tear you down and tell you that what you won't amount to and does things to disrupt your greatness and your growth. Mm -hmm. um, I think you just, once you cleanse yourself of that, once you get past that, you're like, yo, I'm capable of so much. Right. And I learned to really value who I am and to protect who I am and to never put myself in a situation um, that would allow anyone, especially a man, to treat me like I'm nothing and to treat me like I'm disposable. So mm -hmm. I learned a lot about my self-worth and really like what I went through, crazy, tumultuous, toxic. Yeah. Yes. But like from that, there's so much testimony. And from that, I can speak to other women who may be in a situation like this. Um, or maybe I speak to other women and it prevents them from getting in a situation yes, yeah. like this. So I'm not like, it's not like I'm happy, but I, um, it's a part of my testimony. So mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. That's good. That's great. My other question is, what advice would you give someone going through a heartbreak or a breakup? I would say block that person. I really <laughs> think that, like, I think that it's so healthy not to see that person. Like, you don't need, if you're trying to heal yourself from a breakup and you're experiencing heartbreak, the last thing you need is that person in your face. Like you don't need to see that person. And if you don't want to block them, mute them, whatever you need to do. So you don't see them. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would definitely make sure that like you can't log on a social and just look them up because then that becomes a whole cycle. And then you be, start obsessing and then you start going through their followers and then you start seeing what girls they just started yeah, following yeah. and then try to connect that. So you don't need that. So I would say, oh, I've been doing that. <laughs> I just I like the thrill them. of it. I like I like the thrill of it. But <laughs> it can be exciting. It can yeah. be. But I would say block them or mute them. Um, I would say spend some time doing the things that you enjoy. For me, it's writing. Mm -hmm. And that's like like getting back to my roots in a sense, because that's what I used to always do. So spend some time writing. Also read some books that'll like help you big up your confidence. And um if you're a person of faith, spend some time with God. That's, yeah. That's Yours was, was, was well thought, like, thought out and, and important. <laughs> like, I'm taking notes. Because um, I always, like, I don't know. People think I'm crazy. I look up past, like, friendships and relationships just to yeah. see how the person's doing. And it, I get like, that. I, I could be over them and I still do it. And Yeah, but I think, I think that once you get to a place uh, when you're in, like, a healthy place, mm -hmm. then that's okay. Like, oh, I'm just curious. What is this person up to? Sure. Yeah. Cool. Whatever. But if you're in the midst of heartbreak and if you're in the midst of trying to let someone go, I think that that's one of the worst things you can do. Right. But what if you have to see the person like a parent uh, and y'all are taking care of a kid and you, ha you have to see the person? <sighs> well, I don't know. I've never been in that situation, but I imagine yeah. it's very difficult. Um, 
Hmm. That's, That's a great right? question. <laughs> Maybe have like, um, like a, a, a mediator or somebody who can be there. like, if you guys have to do like exchanges of like dropping off the child, maybe have somebody who could be there as a support system. I don't know. Like not somebody who was going to stir up and be like, cause you know, like you have some of your girls who, you know, ready to fight on site, but then you got to somebody who can help you keep your composure and help. I don't know. Keep, maybe a, a parent. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what to do. That is, that's a really that's tough a, one. Yeah. That's I really tough. About that one. Um, the last but not least, uh, the song you would like to dedicate to your ex. I would like to de- dedicate "So Good" by Destiny's Child. That's one of my because, favorites. I, I just have that song on repeat. <laughs> for one, it's a great song, and the lyrics are just so perfect. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it's yeah, it's also just like I'm doing so good, and I really am. So yeah, it's yeah. indicative of my life. And I'm well, blessed. But not the last question, because I know a lot of listeners are going to wonder. They're going to like <laughs> try to figure out, oh, are you related to Oprah or anything like that because oh. of your last name? <laughs> i seen no, a video of uh, you, <laughs> you interviewing Oprah. How was that? Wait, I didn't interview Oprah. I mean, you asked her a question, right? No. No, that wasn't you. It was on your page. And it was like um, the free, uh, Cheetos. That's not, that wasn't oh, you? Oh, was that on my Twitter? No, no, no. It wasn't oh, me. Oh, that right, was, right, right. Um, uh, gosh, I can't remember her name. That was not me. I wish that were me. I've never interviewed Oprah. I've never met Oprah in person. However, I will say mm-hmm. there are some crazy connections. So I'm not related to her. Not that I know of. But when I was at Syracuse, she came to Syracuse and we did this. Uh, we had a brand new studio and she did like the um, ribbon cutting for that. Yeah. So that was crazy. Like, what are the odds? And then she also has family in Milwaukee. Her sister lives here, oh, man, and she came to her sister's graduation. Somehow. Yo, like, honestly, <laughs> we might be. I need to look into it, because it's just, like, everywhere I go, Oprah ends up popping up. Like, that's crazy. you never did the ancestry uh, test, whatever, like that? I've never done it, but I need to. Yeah. I just need to reach out to Oprah. Honestly, <laughs> I, you, she can give me a job, if nothing else. Right. You're already in the field, so. <laughs> right. Exactly. But I want to thank you for joining me and, and doing this. I know it was like, Charlie was like, yo, she has a story. You got to hear it. <laughs> and I want to thank Charlie for actually helping me get to you. Um, yes, shout out to Charlie. Yes. Um, thank you again. This is coming out later. And I'm going to have a playlist that's going to have So Good on it. Okay. I think that's a, I, that's a good pick because I'm, I'm going to be listening. Right? Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's such a good one. And thank you again. Congratulations on your, your pregnancy and your soon to be husband everything that keep keep doing everything you're doing thank you so much and if there's anything i can ever do to help you yes. let me know i appreciate you for having me this is like this has been so great i've just enjoyed the conversation this is gonna help a lot of people <laughs> i hope so thank you so much all right thank you bye all right bye